Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Natty, what is doing, mate? It's been a while. Guru. Um, well, I've got a lot going on at the moment. We've got fucking Renos happening, the missus and the kids moved out of the house. So I'm, I'm Oh, I'm poor bastard on your own, eh? Mate, I'm telling you, it's batch pad. Me and the dog, so good. Mate, I've noticed the content coming out of the weekly rubdown has been fucking unreal the last week or so. Thank you, mate. Um, obviously, just trying to uh, jump on your coattails and do something similar to you. You're absolutely killing it. Um, yeah, look, we're all about just trying to grow draft as a platform. And, and if me, more people follow us, it means more people are getting into draft. And that's what we want. We want we want draft to be as popular as classic. And so hopefully the little bit that we're doing um, helps to get there. Mate, this is the first year ever essentially i've felt like draft is actually making some serious ground as far as numbers goes yeah i i I get that feeling as well and it seems like guys that have exclusively been classic are now starting to branch out and give draft a go and i mean we've talked about it in nauseam me and you guru and it really is the better platform i get i get if you play both if you play draft and classic all the power to you. That's amazing. Um, but if you solely are only on classic, you're not doing it correctly. Mate, yeah, there's no looking back once you hit draft. And, mate, obviously the best day of the year, we've talked about it a lot this year, it is draft day. Uh, everyone's draft day is coming up over the next few weeks. I've had a few guys messaging me that are doing it this weekend. So a lot of content coming this week, and I've got one of them coming on live uh, over the next few days to talk about his draft, his preparation. Should be interesting. But for me, as always, the fullback position, it is just so crucial, especially if you're in a captain's league. Thankfully, the league we're playing in is non-captain, so it eases the hit a little bit. But, geez, fullback, is there a more important position? Sorry, I'm just going to wet the lips um, for a second. I always do my best work when I'm lubricated. Mate, I had two beers in front of me for the last hour, and we spoke so much <sighs> before that I already knocked them over. You're, you've done a special oh, good, on me here. Good boy, good boy. Um, look, fullback. 
the kings of supercoach. It's the Scarlett Johansons of any position. It's the sexiest position. We talked about it when we were in the doing our fullback rub. You, if you want to win a championship, you've got to have an elite fullback. It's, it's as simple as that, isn't it? And, mate, especially now under these current rules, they're going to be scoring more points than ever. As I said, in a captain's league, if you don't have an elite fullback, I'm sorry, you're burnt bread, aren't you? Done. Give up. Like, seriously, we were talking about it as the RTS line. So RTS probably sits at around, when you rank pure uh, fullbacks, he probably ranks 9, 10, 11, around there. Call it the RTS line. Anything below that, if you're running with one of those guys as your starting fullback, give up. Mate, obviously, James Tedesco, uh, if you manage to get pick number one, I think it's very hard to go past Teddy. At least as far as fullbacks go, Teddy is an absolute no-brainer. If you're thinking anyone other than Teddy, you're doing it completely wrong. So we'll leave him there at number one. Number two becomes interesting. Now, we both spoke about a couple of weeks ago taking the big punt on Tom Trevojevic. Uh, he's got himself in a bit of Barney rubble over the last few weeks. He slipped over in the shower. He's racing punters out in the street. Fuck knows what's happened. Regardless, he drops down our fullback. Draft day Doesn't that just a lot. piss you off? Oh, Doesn't mate. that just fucking piss you off? Seriously. Especially guys that throw out so much content and put so much effort into this. We were both so high on turbo. What are you doing, Tommy? Fuck. I'll ask you this, work- mate. Now, now that he is out, I mean, <laughs> the punter in me still says, oh, maybe he'll play the last four weeks and you can get gun value out of him here. Where do, let, let's say you're in a captain's league. So that means that he's going to be more relevant than a non-captain's league. Where are you looking at Turbo? It's such a good question, Guru. And I, it's no, there's no easy way to answer it because if you listen to the physio, obviously he's saying he probably wouldn't touch him till round four, round five. And I guess that's probably where you have to start poking your head in. And if you want to reach for him, you're probably going to have to take him maybe round three, late round three. But if he's there in round four, just say, I've got a low max in my side already, then that's a, that's probably a pick I'd make. Mate, oh, I think if he's there round four, he's a must-have, mate. If he's there round three, I'm sorry, in a captain's league, I'm considering. If, if he's round two, mate, I, I think there is a lot of value there. All you need him to do, and I know it's a big if, I understand that, but all you need to do is have him playing the last four weeks and, mate, if you've yeah. just got a team that averages 45 to 55 everywhere else, sorry, I'm not sure if you can lose. Yeah, you, you're right. But I don't know. It's just I was unwaverable before this injury. Now I don't know where to look. Do you know what I mean? Like I was so high on him. I was so confident that he'd gotten gotten shit right. I know that it's a different leg. It's not the leg that we were talking about last year. But it just Fuck, is that not more me. of a worry, though? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not sure if that question, eases the pain at all. It's a good question because what is it because he's just fucking injury prone? Like, I, I don't know. What are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, what an idiot. No, it's it's uh, it's hard to watch, especially when you know how much he means to that club. Like, we've seen without him in that team, that, that whole club is irrelevant all of a sudden. I just... I can't believe how it's played out that Manly played him in that last game last year. It was ridiculous. It was so that he could play Origin, which was nine weeks away. I mean, I'm sorry, does Brad Fittler need to see Tom Travojevic play a game of football in July to be able to pick him? Like It's it's just completely backwards. I don't understand why they did that. Then to see this, and here he is yeah. racing down the street two weeks before the NRL season kicks off. I mean, 
If they had a trial that night, they wouldn't have played him for 80 minutes for this reason. Why is he sprinting, having a race with punters on the drink? It's just crazy. And I don't care whether you slipped over in the bath or, or whatever, you still shouldn't be racing blokes on the street. Whether you twinged it or hurt it then or not, still silly to be doing that type of shit when you're coming into a, a even if you're not injured, but if you're not coming off an injury, you shouldn't be doing that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, mate, I, I, and for me, I look at the back end of last season. He couldn't play Origin because of that hamstring. Not playing Origin for three games, that costs him 90 grand. Like, I'm sorry, at some point, does it not? I don't know. And you know what? I've always loved Tom Travojevic. I think he does a lot of great things in our game. I think he's one of the genuine good guys. And to be fair, this is the first slip-up he's ever had. But, my God, it's hard to forgive it. I mean, let's flip the narrative. If this was Corey Norman, could you imagine the backlash? Oh, 100%. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I just, I'm just trying to think. Like, it's so hard because you go from one week being so want, just literally saying, you could take him pick two overall. I'm happy with that. To going, I don't even know if I'd look at him this year now. Mate, and that's the swing it's had. Mate, I, I thought Sean Johnson was going to be by far and away the most interesting guy on draft day. Now it's Travojevic, daylight, then Sean Johnson. It could be absolutely anything. So I think we've. We've sort of settled on that Tom Travojevic could go anywhere from round two to round four, essentially, which doesn't help anyone in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> this is a yeah. back-your-gut feeling. For me, in my main comp, that's a captain's league. I've won a couple of premierships in there already. I'm pretty confident the other bloke that's won a couple, he's not going to win again. So for me, I'm willing to take a punt. So I'm looking at Tom Travojevic, potentially round two, round three. The blokes in my comp that are driving to work, they've probably just hit oncoming traffic, thinking I'm a complete nutter moron. But if you're in a position where you can take a risk on him, I think it's worth the punt. I definitely think it is. At worst case scenario, I mean, you could get a trade at the back end of the season here with him too. This is how you win championships, taking punts like this. And if it comes off, you're an absolute genius and you're hard to catch. It's as simple as that. Mate, blokes play it safe every single year. They finish in the top four. They never fucking win, but they think they're exactly. like they think irrelevant. It's just if you're not gonna win it, it doesn't matter. It no. does not matter. Um yeah, I I, I I think he's definitely worth the punt. I understand why people wouldn't, but geez, if you wanna win, is there anyone you'd rather have in your team than Tom Travoyevich? I just I just think people have seriously got to consider it. Let's so we've got Teddy number one, we've got Travoyevich floating around somewhere in the fullbacks range. Who have you got at number two? Is it Pappenhausen? Is it Ponga? Who, who's sitting there for you? I'm really big on Ponga. So Ponga's my number two. Um, I don't care about the four or five weeks that he's going to have off. And, you know, he probably won't be back to 100%, maybe come round seven, round eight. But if you have a look at the strength of schedule in your Supercoach finals, the Knights have the best run by far. And I mean, it's fucking daylight between Knights and the next team in that run. So we're talking rounds 21 to 24. Knights are just all over it. And then if you break it down even further and you just look at your preliminary final and your GF, so rounds 23 and 24, Knights again have the best schedule just over those two games. So what that says to me is I'm just going to take him in the first round sit on him, and then come Supercoach Finals, captain him every week and just w watch him win me a championship. And, mate, this is this is something that I was thinking about this week because uh, my, my uh, Supercoach group, we had to have a discussion last week about because we've got a certain amount of numbers, it meant that we had the option of playing our grand final in round 25 or round 24. You need to check with your commissioner and find out exactly which week is your grand final because it's the week that matters 
more than anything else. And you need to know your first two or three picks, who they play in that week, if it's a good matchup. Yep. And the other thing is, if somehow your commissioner has made it that the grand final's on round 25, try and get him to change that. You don't want your grand final to be on round 25 because there's a good chance that a lot of guns are going to be rested. Yeah, see, we, yeah, we, we, we've had this we've had this big discussion. And to be honest with you, I'm a little bit salty because I think I've lost three grand finals where I think missing guys has played a part in it. So I voted to keep it the same because I'm a salty old bastard. But it is something that definitely matters in your comp. And I understand the argument for round 24. What, what I did notice this year was that in round 24, still a lot of guys were rested there. It's sort of, it's a bit of a lottery still, isn't it? It is, it is, but you, you definitely have a better chance of having your full side if you've got it round 24, so like a round before, a couple of rounds before the end of the um, the normal season because I'm like you, I've been in leagues where it's been round 25 and I've had a gun side the whole year and then three or four of my guns are rested and you just get you get smashed and you're just like, well, this isn't fucking fair. This is, this is the worst. Yeah, no, it can be a tough gig. I know it all too well, unfortunately. So you've got Teddy, you've got Ponga. Mm-hmm. Who's after that? Are we talking Pappenhausen? 100%, man. Yep. And and it's a different conversation if it comes out that Pappenhausen is kicking goals. I'll put Pappenhausen above Ponga if he's kicking goals. But at the moment, I'm pretty confident that Munster gets the gig. So I'll say little puppy gets number three. I think he's up for a fantastic season. I think the pieces of the puzzle there at the Storm – they're still they'll still be right up there. They'll be there with the whips cracking. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to back. Uh, just a fantastic side. We saw what Munster does when he's given the reins to a side. I think he goes to a whole nother level. Then you add in Harry Grant there, that that vision that he has coming out of dummy half, and you've got Pappenhausen who backs up on every fucking play. He's literally he's a student of the Slater game, isn't he? He backs up wherever the ball's going, and then all of a sudden you've got Harry with that vision, darting at a dummy half, creating some space, who's going to get the line break? It's going to be Pappenhausen. I think he's up for a 75-80 average season. Yeah, mate, it's hard to argue with. And I, um, my listeners are here over the next few days, but I had Brett Finch on earlier tonight, and we were talking about how they lose a lot with Cameron Smith, but, my God, they gain a guy that, for me, modern game it is more, it's moving towards him. For me right now, Cameron Smith's the best player ever, but Harry Grant, he's the better hooker today. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. And so you, you, you obviously, you lose a little bit of that game management and, you know, steering the, the team across the park and that sort of gameplay, but you gain a lot of that scooting ability. That the, the times where Grant looks up and he sees space and he, he sort of takes those two or three lateral steps and then gives space for his inside men, th- those sort of things, Smith stopped, stopped doing that five, six years ago. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is the game that Grant is all about. And with this quicker game, these are the type of hookers that are going gonna to change Supercoach. They're going to change the way the game's scored. And I'm telling you, he's going to have a fantastic game. Another guy, Cook, it's just built for these dummy halves, isn't it? Oh, mate, without a doubt. And, I mean, if we go back to this fullback list, we've got Teddy, Pappy, uh, you've got – who else did we just mention? Sorry, KP. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I've got on my list uh, Clint Gutherson, a guy that I've never been overly high on. I know that you are. I've got another yep. guy on my list, AJ Brimson, who 
is a guy that I probably wouldn't have drafted at the top end, but I saw some of your stats about him the other day. I did a bit of a deeper dive, and, mate, for me, AJ Brimson looks to be the value pick in the fullback spot. What are your thoughts? It's Look, I love him, and I'm all over those stats that you were talking about, but the thing is you said value. With that average that he put up from last year, he's going to get overdrafted. He's going to get drafted on that average. And look, it's hard to see him beating that average. I think he regresses too much. But as far as value goes, I can't see much value there. But I, I'm still really big on him. I still think he's a round three draft prospect. Um, it's just I just wish he had a couple of dud games towards the end of the year so it dropped his average down to maybe 60 and then then we're talking value. See, mate, when, when I look at him, I actually look at that average and I think, oh, geez, that seems a little bit high for the footballer I watch week in, week out. I guess I guess you've got to read into your comp over whether guys are going to just go based on averages. I, 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 it's a good point you bring up. For, for me, though, like, I, I think that average is well over the footballer that I think he is. I, I think he could slip a little. Like, for, for me, I don't think AJ Brimson, people put him in that top category of Ryan Pappenhausen, Caelan Ponga, James Tedesco right now. What what are your thoughts? And and this is this is where you have to start. Like you said, you're diving into the minds of other guys that are in your league, and there's so many different types of drafters, and the vast majority of guys are going to look at that average and they're going to overdraft him on that. Do you know what I mean? Like on a 74 average, you're looking at a round tour. Mate, I would be going to every single Pelican in my comp that I think has the potential to draft him on that on that average, and I would be telling them all about his injury history. I would be lathering it on because I, I think if, if you can get him past a couple of the Pelicans, I reckon that, that you can get decent value here. You can get a guy that can average so high, but he's not going to... Like, I, I don't think there's any comp where he's going to be drafted before Teddy, Ponga, and Pappenhausen. No. And, fuck, tell me in this news um, Gold Coast Titans team, tell me if a Cameron Smith arrives there that AJ Brimson couldn't average more than a Pappy. Yeah, it, it, it is... It's salivating to think about, isn't it? And, I mean, to and I said this on, on the rubdown, it's towards the end of last year... It was Teddy-like, some of the shit Brimson was throwing up. I mean, he was bumping off blokes. He was teleporting this way. His footwork was unbelievable. I mean, he just fucking dusted KP up the middle of the field and just took off for a for a 90-meter try. I mean, we're not talking about just your run-of-the-mill fullback here, are we? No, mate. I, I And you know what? I still think people have him in that category to some extent. Maybe I'm undervaluing how people see AJ Brimson, but... I just don't think people see him as a top-level fullback. I mean, if you were to put fullbacks into tiers, I don't think he goes into tier one for most people at the moment. No, no, 100%. I mean, it's a pretty clear – I mean, before Turbo got injured, it was a pretty clear fall, wasn't it? And then that was the tier one, and then tier two was, yeah, bringing up – so Gutho, Brimo, RTS, Edwards, these type of guys. So when you say it that way, there's value, but uh, – like I said on uh, fullback, Rub, everyone knows about fullbacks. Everyone knows that you need one, you need a good one, you want an elite one, and they are going to drop so fucking quick after the second round because four of those top ten guys are going to be gone. Then that round three, people are going to scramble. And if you don't, if you sleep on a fullback in round three, because we're calling round three, and this is picks twenty to thirty, we're calling round three. 
the fullback round. If you miss a fullback in round three, there could be six or seven more fullbacks off the board come your next pick in round four. It's a scary thought, but people are going to be charging at fullbacks this year. I guarantee it. Okay, let's look at that fullback round then. Some of the guys that you can get here for a bit of potential. I mean, one guy that I'm really excited about, and I've seen that he's been named at fullback, and thank God for that this week. I'm hoping he's there round one because I think he's the best fullback at the North Queensland Cowboys is Scott Drinkwater. Where does this guy sit for you if he's named at one? Pissed off that he's been named at fullback because I was all over his dick before he was named at fullback, to be fair. The 55 average in a team that did absolutely fucking nothing last year and he dropped 80% of the balls he was passed. I don't know how he did it. It just it just screams that he could go so much bigger. And now that he's playing fullback, I mean, fuck, I'm all over him, man. And before this news of him playing fullback, you probably could have picked him up round 8, 9, 10 and got massive value there. Now you're probably going to have to start looking at him round 6, just oh, I, I reckon he's going much higher than that. I reckon he's going much higher. I, I reckon he'll be around four, round five guy. To be honest with you, well, and he's probably value there as well. I think. I think if he's playing fullback, he could average seventy. Yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. I, I, I think. I think there'll be a lot of people that'll go early on this guy. I think the other big factor for him is that Todd Payton walks into that building. That game plan they were playing last year. Fuck me. Did they find that on the back of a cereal box or what? It was just outdated, yeah. boring. This guy, I think he's got so much potential. And Todd Payton's going to walk in there. You, you know, you saw what he did with the Warriors last year. I just think they're going to play more expansive footy. They've got the most damaging ball runner the game's ever fucking seen, and they don't make any meters off the back of him. It's insane. They need a coach to walk in there and blow this system up for me. Now, with this switch up, is this more about drink water or more about Clifford? They want Clifford in the side, which pushes drink water to fullback and then Val Holmes to wing? Oh, it's hard to say. I, mate, I, I, I think it's more it's, about it's drinking, about, to be honest It's not about Val Holmes not being capable. No, but I, I also think... I mean, common sense says to me, Val Holmes the best winger at the clubs. Drinkwater's the best fullback at the club. I mean, uh, I know people will argue that, but it, it, that's written on the wall for me. I I just think that they want Drinkwater at fullback. I think they want to open him up, get him off the two pass. And I, I think Cl- Clifford's a really decent player. And I, I just think that he will help take a bit of pressure off Michael Morgan. Whereas if you've got Morgan and Drinkwater, I just think... Like, Drinkwater, he's a ball runner. He's not a ball player. It puts a lot of pressure on Michael Morgan. I, I think that it's all about opening up space for Drinky for me. Yeah, and you say, like, you say that he's not a, a, a good, well, he's more of a runner than a ball player, but geez, he's got some silky fucking skills with the ball in hand as well, doesn't he? Oh, he does, but he's not I, – I think he's the sort of guy that he needs time to be able to ball play. He's not an instinct guy. He's not a guy that has ruck recognition. He's not a guy that identifies numbers. I think he needs to get the ball early and with space, and then he can create things around that. He's a guy that – like I'm sorry, did, did he ever look like a six last year to you? No, it, it, and he was playing like a fullback, wasn't he? Oh, mate, exactly right. He, he, was, out, he, was, he was out the back a lot with a two-pass, and – you know, this is where I, I think he did have a lot of errors last year because he was keen to get his hands on the ball. He's keen to have a red-hot crack constantly. I just think he needs to get clean ball in better positions, and I think at fullback he's going to get that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm in totally agreement with you. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mind it either way. I, I, think, I think it still works. 
Um, but I like the direction they're going down. But here's one for you. So we're talking about Drinkwater as a value play. I think Val Holmes is a value play. So every time – so negativity sort of creeps into the super coach world and everyone's like, oh, we're off Val Holmes, not dropping, his stocks are dropping, blah, blah, blah. I look at that as opportunity in draft because you're starting – people are starting to forget that you're still getting – a dual eligible CTW fullback that fucking kicks goals. Yeah. They're forgetting it. And it, this guy's going to slip now because, because the negativity around him, everyone's, you know, and this is the thing with classic being the bigger platform, the news about classic players dropping out of favor sort of overshadows the, the draft news and people get caught up in that. Right. Without this is where a doubt. I see opportunity. Yeah. I, so, Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. To be honest, with you, I've never been huge on Val. Point. I, I, I think he's a really good winger. I just, I don't know. He comes across a bit of a selfish footballer to me sometimes. I think, I think he's got pretty good base. I think he'll, he'll make his hit ups. He'll make eight to ten points in goals a game. He's a fantastic finisher. So if Cowboys can do something in attack this year, and obviously with Clifford and Drinkwater. Chiming into that back line, I'm sure that he's going to get some tries. I just think there's value to be had here if he starts slipping in drafts. And I think he will. I think people will be like, oh, he's not playing fullback. Fuck him. Yeah. Yeah, no, you might be right. I, yeah, I, he's not a guy that I'll be going near personally. Um, I, I also think that, and this is sort of what I was saying with AJ Brimson, I don't think he's in that sort of superstar category yet. So I think people undervalue him. I sort of think at times... There will be people that overvalue a Val Holmes because he's played Origin. He was that he had that unbelievable finish to the twenty, I want to say eighteen season with the Sharkies, where he just blew it off the park. I he's he's a hard one to read into Val. I think it it depends on the individual. Like he went incredibly high in my draft last year. I could not fucking believe where he was drafted. He was like late round one. It was incredible because um, he has got that superstar value to him. I I yeah. Look, I I I think last year he was actually better than what I expected him to be and I probably am a little bit more negative on Val than the average person I'm happy to admit that I mean to average 58 in a season where he had that many injuries the game had changed completely since he left he came back for two weeks then went into COVID then the game changed again with the rule changes it moved away from him he was constantly injured I think he's got he's got two games here that are injury affected that he scored under 30 I mean to still get an average of 58 it's a pretty good gig yeah, if you take those injury affected games out of his out of his average, he's about sixty six or sixty seven, something like that. Not only to mention that he's coming back from a game where NFL where he had to bulk up a lot. So coming back to the NRL, he really had to change his whole body type. I mean, talk about a fucked up preseason. I just think he's going to be much better for the run in twenty twenty one. Mate, I'm having a look here. Uh, his his percentage of games he scored over sixty points is fifty percent. Pretty impressive considering he averaged fifty eight. And the Cowboys were horrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, mate, you bring a fair point. Of course, it was all at fullback. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think, think this is one of those ones. for both of them. Yeah, I, you know I, I, mean? I, I think this is a good one in hindsight to look back on if there's value or not. It really – because, it, mate, it's only going to take one person in your comp to get ex- excited and see the last fullback that's got star value, and he could go anywhere for me. And that's the thing. Like, we're talking about this round three being fullback round, and I just think blokes will forget about him thinking, oh, well, he's not a pure fullback. He's going to play wing. And all of a sudden, you, you look up again, it's round five, round six, and Val Holmes is still there. Like, fuck, you have to take him. You have to. I, I, I really don't think he'll get that low, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Let's talk Latrell Mitchell, mate. Uh a guy that at the back end of the season, I, I, I personally think he got struck down when he looked like he was playing his absolute best footy. Uh, finished the season with a 59 average. Um, you know, 200s had an outlier of 141. For me, I was watching his games and I just, I uh, I mean, he, he wasn't making any meters. He wasn't doing a heap, but it was just three or four touches a game where he was scoring 15, 20 points off. It was unbelievable. Yeah, he definitely bides his time, and he's turned into a bit of a ball player, and that's obviously how he wants to play fullback. He doesn't want to be that sort of making 21 hit-ups and and making all the metres out the backfield. He wants to be that guy that chimes into the back line on both sides of the field, and he's an extra pair of hands for that for that attacking prowess on, on both edges for the Rabbitohs. And you saw that sort of, like you said, towards the back end of the, the season there where he was just laying on try assist after try assist. And and this is why I'm not as big on Cody Walker as a lot of people out there because I think a fit Latrell Mitchell will steal try assists off Cody Walker. I think even if Cody Walker's popping up on both edges of the field, I think Latrell's still going to be on his outside. Mate, I'm just having a look at his base stats here. Uh, he averaged 17 base stats over the season. He only played... 14 games, 10 of those games he went for under 20 base stats. That does worry me. Yeah, and look, you're not going to – it's as simple as that. You're not going to get base out of him. You're just going to get attacking stats. That's He is just pure attacking stats. And I think in those 14 games, I'll just get up the numbers, but he he averaged something crazy. Here we go, 14 matches. Mitchell averaged 24 – no, so he had 24 line break assists and 15 try assists in 14 matches. Yeah. Nah, unbelievable. That's the, that's the type of game he's playing. Not He's not the guy that's making all the tackle breaks and making the runs. He's laying it on for blokes, and this is what he wants to do. And I, th- I feel like towards the back end of that, that season when Cody Walker went mental, it was because Allen, he, he didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to be laying on the tries. He wanted to be more of a ball runner. So I know that Latrell Mitchell's a slow burn, like he'll start this season sluggish. He always comes off a of preseason looking a little bit bigger than he than he wants to be. But come round ten, he will be fucking humming. And I'm so big on this Rabbitoh side this year. I, I really think they're going to give this premiership a shake. I, I personally thought, mate, in the Indigenous All Stars game, I thought he looked a lot better than what I expected him to. There was a couple of touches that I thought were really good, and he he generally looked a little bit fitter than me. Maybe I'm. I'm just looking at it through the old, uh, uh, you know, rose glasses. But I, I did thought he, I did think he looked pretty good there. And look, I listened to you on one of your podcasts talking about the Indigenous game, saying that the week leading up is much more important to the game, and you're 100% right. And I knew this before, you know, the game even started, that it wasn't about the game itself. It was about everything around it. It was about the culture. It was about getting awareness ar- around the two cultures 
And these these two teams didn't really practice together. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I just I just feel like you you got fifty percent of the blokes out there because they they just they just didn't have enough time together. Trell's a guy that I wouldn't bag you for drafting, but when he does get drafted, I'm probably not upset I didn't get him. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think he goes – someone's going to probably draft him in round two, and I'm going to laugh at that, but round three where, is where he goes. Yep, no, I agree. Okay, let, let's move to another guy. And uh, Have you got a drink nearby? Uh, no, but um, – Do you know where we're heading? Hit me. Hit me. Okay, my boy, here he comes. He has been training the house down in the preseason. He's running faster than anyone you've ever seen. He's been living with Roger Fabry, Matty Moylan, looking sensational heading into the season. Where do you see him going if I'm not in the comp? Beep, 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 beep. Sorry, mate. Uh, there's, can we move on? Or do we actually have to talk about Matt Mylan? Well, we, we don't have to because we know that I'm going to draft him anyway. But is this a guy <laughs> yeah. that you don't go anywhere near for you? Look, in draft, it'd have to be a bench spot for me. Like if I'm picking oh, my 14th player and he's there, I'll take him. Fucking hell. Okay, beautiful. That's fine by me. All good. No, thank you, mate. No, thank you. I mean, Walker's G-strings have got more strength to him than his hamstrings, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this one. This is one that I think could be really interesting. Um, he's at a club that I'm not overly keen on, but the little bits that I did see of him and the one game I saw him play fullback last year, he was incredible. Dane Laurie a lot, arriving at the West Tigers. This guy looks to have a lot of value in him. He played one game at fullback at the Penrith Panthers against Canterbury in the back end of last season. Uh, the Panthers, they did a bit of a number on Canterbury. This guy played 80 minutes. He scored 71. The thing that stands out to me, though, is the 45 base stats. Pretty impressive. Yeah, he's definitely – we're just talking about Latrell Mitchell being that type of fullback that doesn't want to get involved. He's more of an attacking player. Dane Laurie is obviously a guy that loves to take the hit-ups, more of that Dylan Edwards type, you know, tuck the ball under his wing and make those tough runs coming out of those out of your, your red zone, out of that 20-meter zone. So I like him. It's a very small sample size, and, I mean, you've got to be wary when you're picking guys like this. Um, but towards the back end of your, of your draft, you're going to be picking this guy as your second fullback. Please don't pick this guy as your first fullback. But if you're picking this guy as some injury backup or a handcuff option, definitely um, there's some value there. Uh, whether you, you go early on him and it's come you know round 10, round 11, and you, and you chuck him on your bench before you have to start filling your bench, that's fine. Um, but I definitely wouldn't be grabbing this guy as your only fullback. Now, granted, it is only one score. You're exactly right. It's a small sample size, but, geez, 45 is one hell of an outlier. I mean, let's cut it in half. If you're getting 23 base stats out of a fullback, I mean, you're still not doing terrible, are you? No, 100%. And, I mean, and you got to you got to think about where his head is at when he's playing. He's coming in. There's no pressure. Do you know what I mean? Like he's trying to perform, trying to impress. So he probably played a bit above and beyond about probably what he's going to be averaging. But you're right. Like if you're getting 25 base, that's that's fantastic for a fullback. Um, I just – I'm not big on the Tigers. And I, I it, to be honest, I'm probably going to put a pun on them to make the spoon. Um, so that goes a long way with me sort of drafting guys from the Tigers. But – we're talking late rounds here, and when you're talking late rounds and there's guys that are playing fullback and they're starting fullback, that's value. 
Are there any other fullbacks that are on your radar? I mean, we spoke earlier about the Roger Tuivasa Sheck line. I mean, where does Roger sit for you? For me, um, he's a pretty big punt this season. It could go one of two ways on the extreme end of both, and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, look, I've gone back and forth with RTS, thinking that maybe he's going to have an off year, you know, with his head pointed towards next year and sort of looking towards life after rugby league. But then Wooker and I talked about it, and it's like, let's talk about the man before we talk about the player. And does he grab you as a guy that, that's going to bitch out? Does he does he grab you as a guy that's going to hang his head too early? Or is he going to want to give the Warriors a good show, give the Warriors fans a good show, and go out the champion that we all know he is. And it's 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 an easy one. He will. He's gonna he's gonna try his fucking heart out this season. And I think that fifty nine average, I think you can grab him and maybe expect a sixty five from twenty twenty one. I'm 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 quite big on him and I actually think he's some good value because I don't think he goes in that round three. And if you grab him late round four, I think I think you've done well. Mate, I completely agree with you. He doesn't seem to me to be a towel thrower, but I'll tell you what. If there's anything that could possibly break someone, it's living out of a suitcase for another six months after doing it the year before. It's knowing that you're going to somewhere that's going to be better at the back end of the season. And, God, we know that Nathan Brown, he's no stranger to having issues with his players when he has to see them a couple of hours a day. Now they're going to all be living together for 24 hours for six months. I do worry. I He's a guy that I wouldn't want to invest in too heavily because there are a lot of moving pieces around him. And look, you've got to you got to take him at the right price. And if he's there in round four, I I suggest you take him. I look at it as this way: you, they know what they're coming into now. You know, it's not a surprise. It's 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 not the unknown where you're coming over to Australia, you start living in Tamworth, and all. They know what to expect. Um, and I think this whole year is going to be all about Roger. Like obviously Brown's there, but I don't think he comes into, into contention at all. Like obviously he's going to be the coach, but I think it's all going to be around RTS and giving him the best, you know, farewell that they can. I think that's going to be a massive motivating factor for a lot of the players, and I wouldn't be surprised if Brownie leans on that a lot throughout the season. Let's throw a couple of names at you here. Let's go Will Hopawade. It looks more than likely he will play centre. Does that rule him out of fullback calculations for you? It does, picking him at fullback, yeah, 100%. Okay, I'll pick Jim- him at CTW, but, um, yeah, he's not going to make my fullback spot. Jermaine Asako from the Brisbane Broncos. If he is named at fullback, uh, that definitely boosts his value, but I guess... For a lot of us, when we're drafting, you probably won't know if he's going to be the fullback definitely yet. I think this uh, this young fellow, Reese Walsh, is putting some serious pressure on him. But Isako looks like the likely pick. Do you have confidence that even if he is picked there round one, he's going to be there round six? I really worry this Broncos team, they're coming into this season without David Fafita. They're coming in without Payne Haas. They're coming in without Katoni Staggs. Mate, who on earth is going to score points in this side in the first six weeks? How often have we seen Asako in and out of that side? Yep. So his spot isn't cemented by any means. So I've got zero confidence that he that number one is his. And Walsh fucking killed it the other day, and I wouldn't be surprised that he gets a run sometime during this season. So, look, and when it comes to Asako, obviously his base sets are going to be pretty good because he's playing fullback. He's a dual-eligible player, and he's kicking goals. Look, he belongs in sides, but I just wouldn't be blowing my load too early on him. 
I think another guy, um, you know, if you do end up in this position where you have a where you've drafted Kalen Ponger, as we spoke about, I mean, you could think of worse plays than in the back end to grab a Tex Hoy as well. Tex Hoy is a great handcuff option, and one hundred percent. If you're getting towards the back end, you draft and you have drafted KP. Bang, get Tex Hoy because that is a perfect handcuff option. But just make sure that you haven't gone gone too early on him. Mate, we mentioned Dane Laurie before. Of course, he had his one game at fullback where uh, he set the world alight. His base stats were fantastic. We've got a similar position with Tessie New here. Um, His base stats were pretty good in the games that he played. Uh, Is he a guy that you'll be looking at as a really late fullback guy or is he only a center wing guy? Only a center wing guy. I mean, when you're talking about fullbacks, there's really only 10 guys that you want occupying that fullback spot. Um, And after that, and this is what I said in the rubdown, I was like, if you look at your team and you don't have one of those top 10 guys as your standalone fullback, you're going to look at your team and go, that does not look right. I've fucked up somewhere. Uh, tell me this then. A lot of these guys, they're um, they're either playing fullback or they're playing out on the wings. The ones that are playing on the wings, that hurts them a lot. Uh, some of them are playing center as well, which hurts them. Adam Dwayhe is an interesting one. He's a guy that personally I'm not a huge fan of. Fullback slash 5'8". He will be playing 5'8 for the Tigers. Uh, we both don't have our stocks overly high on the West Tigers. The one advantage for Dwayhe is that he'll be playing on that right side, which will be James Roberts and David Nofaluma. I'm expecting them to go there a fair share of footy there. I think there's going to be plenty of targets down that right edge. Is Adam Dwayne a guy that you look for late in your draft or are you steering clear? Yeah, he's probably one of the only Tigers that I'll have a look at late in the draft. I think I think his base stats are right up there. I think he gets involved. You're right. That right edge is going to be humming. You've got the jet. You've got Nofo. And I think if it's, you know, round 11, round 12, and he's sitting there, I think you do really worse. So I, I don't mind that pick. Um, it's definitely not the sexiest of picks, but like I said, late in the draft, this is where you need to have some punts. This is where you need to back your gut, and this is sometimes where it can make or break the first you know, six, seven rounds of your draft. Mate, it's been a pleasure having you on once again. I'm a little bit nervous tomorrow night. I'm coming on the rub down. What are we talking about? Oh, everything. Everything, mate. It's going to be about a four-hour chat. Um, I want you, I want about eight beers lined up. Next year, bring an Esky. She's going to be a long one. Deep, long, greased up rub. And for my listeners as well, I'm going to record this conversation on the rub down. So I'm going to put it on my podcast as well. So if you do enjoy it, uh, Walker and Natty, they are two hilarious bastards. Cannot wait to jump on there. It's a bit of a daunting prospect, to be honest with you. You know you're going in for an innings. So I'll have it on my podcast too, mate, so people can get a little taste of the rub down. Perfect, mate. That'd be muchly appreciated. More rubs, the better. That's the way it is, isn't it? Jesus Christ. All right, mate, I will see you tomorrow night. I appreciate your time. Over the next week or so, we're going to dive into each and every position for draft. Uh, Next, we'll be jumping into our center wings, which, geez, is is it not the most difficult position to draft for? It's fucking disgusting. I hate CTWs. And I think this year is worse than usual. You've got your guns from last year. Nofaluma's gone down for me. Mansell's gone down for me. It is going to be serious trouble. Yeah, gross. Gross, gross, gross. Anyway, it's got to be talked about, though, doesn't it? Without a doubt. I'll see you soon, brother.